Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast, brought to you by our great friends at MyBookie. And you can do yourself a favor right now by going to MyBookie.ag. The whole process will take you about a minute or so maybe to sign up. Just go to MyBookie.ag, use our promo code UGA, and when you sign up for a brand new account, they are going to hook you guys up with a 50% bonus on that first deposit. you got another month or so to make this happen, so jump on the offer while you can. But all right, guys, I am your host, Tyler. And with today being the traditional National Signing Day, we are putting the finishing touches on this top-ranked Georgia 2024 recruiting class. Obviously, with the advent of the early signing period years and years ago at this point, the old traditional signing day has lost its luster more and more with each passing year to the point that I would venture to say this year, was the least exciting and the least eventful traditional February signing day that we've ever had, at least in my lifetime. And that's, I guess, part of progress, if you want to call it that. I don't really know if it is. I got to admit, I I truly remember the old days fondly. I know more and more I sound like that old man is like, guess I'm getting there. But I remember the old days going to the Blind Pig here in Athens and all the people showing up, taking a day off work, and in the middle of February, the middle of the winter, just soaking in college football for one day. I remember announcing all the players as their letter of intents came in. Those were the good days, man. Those were the good days. I guess now these really are the good days because we're recruiting at a level that we've never recruited at in the history of our program under Kirby Smart. So yeah, that makes it the good days. But in terms of enjoyment, suspense as a fan... Yeah, those were the good days back back in, I don't know, what, 10 or so years ago. And for those of you who are of the younger sort, who have no idea what I'm talking about, all I can say is, I'm sorry. I'm truly sorry that you never got to experience that because it was truly awesome. And back then, nobody was talking about, okay, how much do we offer this guy? Do we get outbid for this guy? That wasn't the conversation. Now, you might have, have thrown some aspersions, cast some aspersions towards some rival teams and rival coaching staffs that maybe they paid somebody under the table, but all that was illegal, right? You might accuse somebody of cheating because they took this guy or that guy, but all of that was uh, that was behind closed doors, and that was very, very illegal. Now it's all above board, and that's kind of the, the conversation these days. That's what everyone's focused on. So it's just a different age, a different era, a different world, really, when it comes to college football. But again, results at the end of the day are what we care about. That's really what matters. And we, once again, finished with the number one recruiting class. So that's great. That's exciting. And while, yeah, today might have been and was clearly very anticlimactic, It is signing day nonetheless, and it only makes sense on signing day to talk recruiting. That's what signing day is about, especially, again, when Kirby Smart and staff have put together their third 
number one recruiting class. And we're gonna do this a little bit differently today, guys. With the early signing period, basically our entire class more or less being wrapped up with the early signing period, we did a signing day spectacular episode where we covered every single player that we signed on on the early signing day, on the early signing period back in December. So if you haven't checked that out, go back. It's, you know, a month or two ago. Go check that out. We went in depth, in detail with every single scholarship player that we landed in this number one recruiting class. I don't want to do that again today because that would just be redundant. We've already done that. So I want to look at it from a little bit of a different perspective and really just have some fun with it. So what I'm going to do, the the main part of the show, the core of today's show is I'm going to give you my personal top 10 players in this 2024 Georgia recruiting class. And that might or might not align with how they are ranked by the recruiting services. Now, some of them that are ranked very highly by the recruiting services. I have very highly on my list, but there are a couple of guys that might be a little bit further down when it comes to the, the rankings that I am very high on. So we'll get to that, but I do want to open with something a little bit different. Yes, today was largely uneventful, clearly, but saying that we did not quite go home empty-handed today. Terry Bussey was the only big name that we were still after, the big fish that we were still after. We brought him in for a visit, well, I think two weekends ago. I believe, if I remember correctly, that was his first visit to Athens. I don't think he'd been to Athens besides that visit. So we made a late run at him because why not? We got the number one class, might have a spot open. This guy has shown some interest based on the, the coaching staff changes with Dante Williams coming over. Travaris Robinson joined the staff. He had relationships with both of those guys. So he decided to at least give us a shot and, and listen to what we had to say. It was always a long shot. And yes, he did indeed end up reaffirming his commitment to Texas A&M. He is a Texas guy. That was probably where he was going all along. He had been committed to them, obviously, with the change in the coaching staff there. He kind of opened things back up. And, and there was some conversation that we might be in this. It seemed like LSU was the real second team there, like the, the actual player against A&M. I don't know if we were ever truly in it. Um, I think he, it might have been one of those situations where he was just kind of showing some respect to coaches that he had a lot of respect for and just giving them a shot. But we were always kind of on the outside looking in, and that's okay because Terry Bussey was always a luxury for us. In fact, we were recruiting him as a DB and a guy that, okay, yeah, maybe we'll let you play some offense here and there. And if we were recruiting him as a DB, I felt like we don't need him. Like a thousand percent a luxury would have played corner for us. We are loaded there, okay? We're fine. And but Bussy's a super talented guy, so if he wants to listen, he wants to give you a shot, yeah, you bring him in and, and, and you shoot your shot, man. You see what happens. He's too talented to not at least take a, a flyer on. But watching his tape, I like him more on offense. Now, he wants to play defense, and that's the word of where he's going to play long-term in college. And that's cool. I mean, he could be a good defender, a good corner as well. There's no problem there. I, I certainly see that in his game. I think he's a dynamic offensive player. So, I was hoping that we might just try to recruit him as an offensive guy because I think we're loaded in the back end right now. We, again, he's a luxury. We didn't need this guy. But again, if you can land a guy of his ilk, sure, you take him and you just kind of see what happens. More competition, right? Iron sharpens iron. But alas, it was not meant to be. He reaffirms that commitment to AM, and that is that. But there was some good news today. I don't think it made waves in the Georgia fan base because it is a preferred walk-on. But we did get a commitment today from Jeremy Bell from Clinch County. Yes, it is a preferred walk-on spot. It is not a scholarship spot. And to be frank with all of you, 
Jeremy Bell was not on my radar. I did not really know anything about him prior to today. But as soon as I got word that this guy had committed as a preferred walk-on, of course, I dove into him. Like, who is this guy? Let's pull up the tape. Let's look into his background. Let's see what's going on here. And I know what I'm about to say is going to sound like the ultimate homer assertion. Here he is. Here's Tyler, the Georgia homer, just trying to pump up every single player that commits to Georgia. I know what it's going to sound like, okay? I know. But I am come on here every week to give you guys my true unfiltered thoughts. I try to give you guys exactly what I'm thinking. Whether you agree with it or not, that's fine. If people want to call me a homer, that's fine. I'm telling you what I think. And whether Bell is a preferred walk-on or not, I believe based on the film that I have seen that this guy has a chance, a real chance to earn a scholarship at some point and be a, a, a contributor for this team. Now, hear me, hear me, guys. I'm not telling you that he is going to be a breakout star. I'm not telling you that he's going to be an all-SEC player. I'm not even telling you that he's necessarily going to be a starter at any point in his career. I'm not ready to say that because, again, I just found out who this guy was today. I watched his highlight tapes. I've never seen this guy play in person or seen him play a full game, all right? So there's all of that. But I saw enough today with his highlight tape and looking a little bit more into his background to say this guy is absolutely a power five player. In fact, I am not the only person to think that. University of Georgia is not the only program to think that. He was committed to Indiana for about five months. He committed them back in the summer, back in July, decommitted in early December. So when I tell you he is a power five caliber player, he is, guys. He had a he held a power five, not only offer, he was committed to a power five school for the better part of six months. Now, I know the obvious question from some of you out there would be, well, if he's a Power 5 caliber player, then why is he taking a preferred walk-on spot from Georgia? And that's a fair question. I don't know the answer. Again, I just found out who this guy was today. I don't have all those answers. What I can tell you is I know he's committed to a Power 5 school, and I know by watching his tape that this guy has a skill set that will allow him to make plays at the Power 5 level. Again, hear me when I say, I'm not telling you he's going to be a big-time player. I'm not telling you he's going to be a starter. I'm not telling you he's going to be an all-SEC type guy. I'm not telling you he's a guy that we're going to be chanting his name inside Sanford Stadium. I'm not telling you that. I need to see more, but I have seen enough to tell you this kid can play, and he can contribute at the Power 5 level. He's not a big dude. He's, you know, six foot, six one, depending on what recruiting service you look at. And he is slight. He does not have a big frame. He's a looks like about 175, maybe a buck 80, something around there. But he's a dynamite athlete, guys. He plays basketball. And I, I put up some basketball highlights. Uh, the guy at six foot, six one, whatever you want to say, the dude can dunk, okay? Now, I'm not quite six foot. I, I would say I'm pushing six foot. All right, let's let's be generous. Let's give myself the benefit of the doubt here. I know my wife is, is laughing if she's listening to this, but I, I'm close-ish to six foot. But what I can tell you is I am definitively not close-ish to being able to dunk a basketball. Never have been, never will be. And when I say he can dunk, I'm not saying like he can barely get the ball over the top of the rim. I'm talking like highlight caliber dunks, like dunking over dudes, in your face kind of stuff. The man has serious hops. I wouldn't say he is the, the fastest player I've ever seen. Really good speed, but he's more quick and, and elusive than he is fast. Although, he again, he is very fast, and, and the hops are out of this world. Really good ball skills as well. Good twitch, 
He has serious return man skills, which like a lot like Makai Muse might be where he makes his earliest impact. And I would say at the very least, even if this guy never contributes offensively or defensively, at the very, very least, he is going to be a special teams contributor. All right, I, I feel very comfortable and confident saying that. Now, one of the questions you have is like, what side of the ball does he play? Because he, he plays some defense, he plays offense, you know, Clinch County, smaller school. So he plays both ways and he excelled both sides of the ball. From what I can gather, it seems like we're recruiting him primarily as a DB, although I think he could certainly help us offensively, especially again, considering, as I said with Bussy, like I feel like we're loaded in the back end and we could probably use a little bit more help offensively. But when it comes to these things, I, I tend to defer to Kirby Smart and staff. They know far more what they're doing than I do, and uh, they have far more information to operate off of. So we, we defer to them. But this guy's really talented. On the offensive side of the ball, so Clinch County, I don't know how familiar you are with Clinch County. I know some of you in, in the Homerville area, obviously you're very familiar with Clinch County. But offensively this year, from what I was able to gather, they had some issues at quarterback. They opened the season trying to throw the ball a little bit more. They ended up throwing the ball, I mean, I don't think like under 30 times this year. And he started out as a receiver. But when they had some quarterback issues, they basically went back to an old school kind of running offense. I, I, it would, from what I saw on the tape, it's not like a triple option offense. It's not even like a wing tee. It's, but it's certainly like an old school option-esque based offense, misdirection-based run game offense. So they basically stopped throwing it and they used him in a lot of different ways. They used him as like a wild cat-ish quarterback, a, a not, I don't even say dual threat. He wouldn't throw the ball, but just a running quarterback. Uh, they would hand the ball off to him uh, with some misdirection stuff, try to get him in space. And he was a dynamic athlete. When he got in space, the guy's a dynamic athlete. Thought he did some good things uh, defensively, ball skills, all that. Again, as I mentioned, return game, that is where I think he might make his earliest impact. And that impact probably won't be this year or even next year. I mean, he's he's a small guy. He needs probably some time in a college weight room. And he certainly needs to sharpen his skill set, polish his skill set offensively or defensively wherever he ultimately ends up. He's raw right now. He's very raw right now. But that doesn't mean that he can't be good down the road. He's got the raw talent. He's got the raw skill sets. a matter of sharpening those tools, polishing that game, and figuring out exactly where we want to use him and finding out where he can actually help this team the most. But again, at worst, I think he's a special teams contributor. And this is one of those situations where why wouldn't you take him? It's a preferred walk-on. There is literally zero risk associated with taking him. All you have is potential upside. So if he is willing to forego a scholarship offer from somewhere else and come to George as a preferred walk-on, hell yeah, you take him. Why would you not? Again, zero risk. All there is is potential upside here. So I know this is not anything that's going to move the needle, but I will give Kirby Smart and the rest of the staff a lot of credit here. They have created one of the best walk-on programs in the country. Think about the guys that not only have, you know, contributed on special teams, we had a number of those guys, but the players that have been contributors in actual games and not just in garbage time, like in actual real moments. Obviously, Stetson Bennett is, is the biggest example of that. I mean, he maybe the greatest example of walk-on success in the history of college football, potentially. But then you got guys like Dan Jackson. You got guys like Makai Muse last year. Even Cash Jones. I know his playing time tailed off as the season went on, but early in the year when we were banged up at running back, Cash Jones was getting like legitimate snaps. Prather Hudson was a beast for us. I know he was more of a special teams guy, but was an absolute beast for us on special teams for years and years. And this is just 
the latest example, the latest in a long line of really awesome preferred walk-on players. And this walk-on program that we have put together helps our team in a number of ways. Yes, there are plenty of players, as I just laid out, that have actually contributed in meaningful moments to help us win football games, like in the SEC. That's great. But beyond that, the more talented your walk-on program is, the better your scout team is. The better your scout team is, the better look you're getting in practice. The better the look you're getting in practice, the more you are challenged in practice, the more prepared you're going to be to defeat your opponent on Saturdays. Kirby understands this, and that's another big reason. It's not just about finding guys like the diamonds in the rough that can maybe somehow possibly be contributors on your team. That's great. That's gravy, though. That's that's wonderful. You love it, but that's a luxury. What you're really going for more than anything is you want to make sure your scout team is stocked with talented guys that can push your starters, push your first and second string guys, and make them better. So yeah, Jeremy Bell, I know that doesn't really probably excite all that many of you. I get it, but hey, you know, this is a big part of the success of our program, finding guys like this and keeping that scout team strong. And who knows, maybe he will ultimately end up being a contributor for this team. I think there's a really good shot. I think he's a power five caliber guy. He's not your typical preferred walk-on, in my opinion. I've seen a lot of our preferred walk-ons. I watched their tape too. And most of them aren't as talented as this guy. So yeah, we'll see what ultimately happens. But again, zero, zero risk associated with it. So I like it. I like the move. All right, guys, we're going to come back after this first break. And I'm going to begin the process of revealing my personal top 10 players list in this Georgia 2024 recruiting class. But first, I do again want to remind you about our wonderful friends at my bookie Super Bowl. Sunday is what, four or five days away now? I can't count. It's late. I'm tired. It's a couple of days away, which means you need to get in on the action. Now, if you think you've got the team, if you've got a beat on this, and you want to go ahead and lay that bet down now before the line moves anymore, lock it in, and there's no better place to do that at than my bookie. And guys, getting started could not be more simple. I can do it. If I can do it, trust me, you guys can do it. Just go to mybookie.ag, use our promo code UGA when you sign up for a brand new account, and they're going to give you a 50% bonus. I'm telling you, don't pass this up, guys. 50% bonus. So if you deposit like a hundred bucks, so that's cool. I mean, you always want to bet responsibly. You get 50 more bucks to play with. If you deposit 200, you get another hundred bucks. Like you get the idea. So go ahead and take advantage of this deal while you can. It was running all football season. If you've been on the fence, don't be on the fence any longer. You got about a month or so left here in college basketball season to jump in on the action. I know you want to get on the Super Bowl action, whether you got a beat on the team that's going to win, the the team total, you want to jump on on some prop bets and just have some fun with it. Do it with my bookie. Sign up today right now and you can bet anything anytime anywhere only with my bookie all right guys i am back and it's time to dive into my personal top 10 players in this number one ranked 2024 georgia recruiting class again this might or might not follow the recruiting rankings most of them don't i will admit the guys that i have at the top of my list tend to be the more higher ranked players in the class and i think that's for good reason i believe in these guys and and they are largely universally ranked as as five-star guys. But we'll get to what order I have those guys in here momentarily. But a number of these guys that I have in my top 10 don't really align with the actual rankings. Like if you took our our entire class and ranked them one through 28, a number of these guys would not be in the top 10 of like the actual rankings. So just put that out there. And I do want to like clarify my criteria 
I am looking at this in terms of who do I think are going to be the best players in this class by the time their careers are over. When we look back at the end of their career, we're going to say, man, man, he's one of the best players on this team. And when we look back at the 2024 class, we're going to say he's clearly one of the top 10 players in that class. So that, that's my criteria. I know that's kind of nebulous and vague, but that's the way I'm looking at this. Now, one other caveat here, there are a number of guys that I really like that I left off the list because I could not find any senior tape. I want to see senior tape. I want to see where you are right now. Where you were a year ago was good enough to get you a scholarship offer. And I, I know that tape. I know what you were a year ago. But what are you right now? If I am trying to compare the senior tape of player A versus the junior tape of player B, it's not apples to apples. So I use that as part of my criteria here. I needed to have senior tape. And there were some guys that got left off this list because I could not find senior tape. Now, you might not agree with that methodology, but that's the methodology that we're going with. But let's start at number 10. And I'm going to start with running back Chauncey Bowens. No, not running back Chauncey Billups, as I spent an entire episode calling him when he announced his commitment back in the summer, which I still cannot believe that I did. But hey, when you record as many podcasts as I do and you watch as much tape as I do, just sometimes things just get crossed in the brain. It happens. But Chauncey Bowens is a guy that I really like. I liked him back when he came in the summer, and I might like him even more now that I have seen his senior tape. He's a baffling prospect to me. Not that I have any questions about what kind of player he is. It's baffling in the sense that I don't know what the recruiting services are doing. Some of them, when they were ranking this guy. He is unranked as a national prospect on both 247 Sports and on three. Now, to give on three credit, they have him ranked at least a little bit higher. They have him as a four-star, the number 30 running back in the country. 247 has him as a three-star. As the number 40 running back in the country, number 61 player in Florida, that is just straight up asinine. I know there are a lot of good players in the state of Florida. There ain't 60 players in that state this year better than Chauncey Bowens. That's just not reality. Having this guy as an unranked national prospect in your recruiting service, guys, I know there's a ton of prospects out there, and it is an impossible task. It really is to rank all these guys and to even, like, to rank them, period, let alone try to do it in any sort of accurate sense, I understand it's a difficult prospect. There's not a lot of manpower. Hell, I think on three, it's just Charles Powers. I think it's one guy who does it, which like, that's that's insane that one guy is trying to do all these rings, if indeed that's how it goes. Like, that's, that's the word on the street, at least. So I don't want to kill these guys. I know it's a really, really tough job. Again, an impossible job. But having Chauncey Bowens as an unranked national prospect, if you've seen the guy's tape, that's almost a fireball offense to me. Like You lose credibility. What are we talking about? Unranked? That is just logic-defying to me. Mystifying, even. And look, I'm not saying I'm the be-all, end-all of evaluations. I'm not. I'm just one guy. But I, I trust my evaluations enough to be able to say with a lot of confidence, this guy is far better than an unranked prospect. That's just craziness. But as a prospect, here's why I like him. He reminds me a lot. I've been trying to think really hard of like who he reminds me of. It's one of those things like I watch him run. I'm like, dude, I've seen this style before. I've seen this style before. But who is it? Who is it? And the reason it took me so long to get it because it is a blast from the past. His running style, when I watch him play, it reminds me of Jamal Lewis. You remember Jamal Lewis, right? 
Tennessee, was it Douglasville High School in the state of Georgia. Uh, then he goes on to play in the NFL, Ravens for a long time. Browns, I want to say at one point. That could be wrong. I remember him with the Ravens, but I think a little while. But his running style reminds me of that. He is a power back with deceptively good speed and incredibly small but rapid fire strides. You remember Jamal Lewis? Like he had this huge upper body. It looked like smaller. He wasn't. There weren't legs weren't small, but compared to his upper body, and it was really, really like small strides, short strides, and the, his feet were moving a hundred thousand miles an hour. It looked like his legs were always working in overdrive, and he was just like running over and through people, and then running past people too. That's who Chauncey Bowens reminds me of. He's Jamal Lewis to me, and it took me forever to place it. I spent like the past five or six months like, who does this guy remind me of? I know I've seen this style. And then about a couple, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, it hit me. I was like, it's freaking Jamal Lewis. At first, I said, it was Jamal Anderson. I was like, no, 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 wait, wait, that's not the Jamal I'm talking about. I was talking about Jamal Lewis the whole time, but you know, this old Falcons guy, Jamal Anderson. No, it's not Jamal Anderson. He reminds me of Jamal Lewis. Thick upper body, legs moving 100,000 miles an hour, kind of sawed off powerful, but with really good deceptive speed, really good vision, and can be a home run threat. That's who Chauncey Bowens reminds me of. And let's not forget, this guy was committed to Florida back in the summer, and we were able to flip him from Florida, which was huge. Want to keep him away from the Gators. So I think this guy's a, a really good prospect, a really good football player. I don't know if he'll ever be the feature bat because we got some dudes in this class. Nate Frazier, who I will get to, a little spoiler, I'll get to him here shortly. But we got some really good backs on the roster. We got some guys in this class. So I don't know if it'll ever be in the cards or to be the feature back, but I will say this. At the very least, he is going to be in the rotation. I think he can be a feature back. I really do. Now, I, I like Nate Frazier a little bit better. We'll get to that. But I, I really like Chauncey Bowens. I think you know, give him a couple of years, give him two, three years. And I think at that point by his, his junior season or so, this guy is going to be a really good football player for us, a highly productive running back. I think he has the potential for that. He's got the tools. He's got a, He's got an SEC ready body right now. Again, I think he's got good deceptive speed. I think he runs with really good power, really good contact balance. He's got all the things that I look for when it comes to running back play. And he, he is like a, a prototype throwback SEC running back. So I really like him. I think it's insanity that he is a, an unranked national prospect on a couple of these sites. Now, ESPN, who usually is like not good with these things, they have him ranked uh, number 136 nationally. Rivals has him at 163. So they are closer to what I think he is. And I'm not saying like, yeah, I'm not saying he's a five-star guy. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying he's better than an unranked national prospect. I think you know, somewhere between the 100 and 200 range is, is probably right for him. So with the composite, I think he's like 225-ish on the composite ratings when it's all said and done, which I think that's that's fair-ish. But I really like him, and I think he's going to be a really good football player for us. So he's coming in at number 10. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to the next guy on my list. Coming in at number 9, I've got defensive tackle Justin Thomas from St. John Bosco Prep. This was a Fran Brown special. These were his connections that got us in with Justin Thomas. Obviously, the rest of the staff had to get involved and, and, and reel this guy in. But this is one that Fran Brown at least got us in on. And thank God he did because I think Justin Thomas is going to be an awesome player for us. Now, there's two interior demons of linemen in this class that... I really like. Now, Namdi Boko, I really like him, but he is a guy that does not have any senior tape, so he's one of those guys I was kind of referencing earlier, so he's not on this list. I just don't know what he is right now. Uh, I like what I saw from him earlier in his career, so I think he's going to be a good player for us. He is a true zero tech for us. 
One guy that's not also, is also not on my list, Nazir Johnson from Dublin, who we flipped from Florida late in the cycle. I think he's going to be a really good player for us. I'm just curious where we're going to play him. He's listed at like 6'4 and a half, 6'5, 300 pounds. When I look at this guy play, he looks way bigger than 300 pounds to me. Like maybe I, that's just me, and I, I got something wrong with me, and I can't judge weight. Maybe, possibly. He looks bigger than that to me. I think he could play the zero tech. Now, he needs to probably add more weight, but I think he's got the frame to do it. But from my understanding, everything I'm hearing is that we're recruiting him to play the three tech. But I think he's a guy with some positional versatility. I really like him. I think he's going to be a good player for us. The reason I have Justin Thomas ahead of Nazir Johnson is really twofold. Number one, I do think he's a better overall athlete. I think he moves better. I think he's quicker. I think he can be a guy that can definitely two-gap, but also one-gap at times. Although we don't do a ton of that. We do a little bit more. Still not a ton of it. I think Nazir Johnson's really a two-gap guy. I think that Justin Thomas also has some positional versatility as well. It's just not three-tech and zero. It's more three and five. In situation, I think he can move out to five. I think it gives us a little bit more pass rush right now than what Nazir Johnson would give us. And then number two, he's just far more technically sound right now. That doesn't mean he always will be, but he's at least got a head start coming to college. Nasir Johnson does not play with good leverage. I would say the majority of his snaps, at least on his highlights, these are his highlights. These are like the best plays you want to showcase. He's standing straight up. Now, he can get away with that because he's playing, you know, at the high school level. He's just bigger, stronger, more dominant. The guy's trying to block him. The guy's trying to block him like 200 pounds, okay? He can just throw them around like ragdolls. So he doesn't have to worry about playing with proper leverage. He doesn't have to worry about playing with proper technique and using his hands, which he doesn't really do all that well. At the college level, you do have to worry about those things because you're going as grown men across the line of scrimmage from you, and you cannot get away with standing straight up and showing your chest and showing your pads. They will drive you into the ground if you do that. I do not care how big you are. You're going in the ground. So there are some things from a technical standpoint he needs to clean up on, and I have every reason to believe that he can. He's just not there right now. I'm high on his potential, but I think Justin Thomas is a guy that is a better player, especially right now. And honestly, Justin Thomas, when it's all said and done in his career, could very well be higher on this list. That's certainly something I, I'm very hopeful happens and I'm open to. I think he's going to be a really, really good player for us. But right now, I've got him coming in at number nine because, guys, we got some studs the rest of the way. Speaking of studs, coming in at number eight on my list, I've got Nate Frazier from Matter Day, another prestigious high school football program, this one out in California. I love this player. Now, he dropped a little bit in the final rankings, but still was a, a, a highly rated running back, the highest rated running back in our 2024 recruiting class. He ended up at number 71 on 247, uh, number 49 overall in the 247 composite. So a top 50 composite player, which I'm cool with. I'm cool with him being in the top 50. So he missed out on five-star status by about 15 or so spots, and I, that's fine. I think you can make an argument for him as a five-star. I think you can make an argument for him as the best running back in this class. In the 247 composite, they have him as the number two overall running back, and I think that's about right. I'm not going to nitpick that, but here's what I really love about Nate Frazier. I said before, and I will maintain this, I think he is the total package at running back. Now, he's short, but he's not small, okay? He reminds me of like, like Trevor Etienne coming in this year from Florida. He's short, but the dude's not small. He's thick. He's built really well. DeAndre Swift is another example. Short, yeah, but he's not small. The dude's thick. He's built. That's what Nate Frazier is. He's like 5'9 half, 205 pounds, and he is a thick 
205 pounds in that small frame. He has really good speed. He's an electric running back. He is a home run threat with the speed he has from the running back position. He has fantastic change of direction ability. He is that kind of guy that can change directions without slowing down for a second cut on a dime. He's got great elusiveness. He's got some twitch to his game, more twitch than Chauncey Bowens does. But even though I believe he's a more dynamic athlete than Chauncey Bowens is, he also runs with a lot of power. He's not one of these guys that's just you know, really fast and really elusive, but you know goes down on contact, on first contact. No, he will run through contact. Also has really, really good contact balance, showcases awesome vision, can see the hole, can see daylight, and can cut to daylight. He showcases the ability to make you miss both in the hole and in space. And guys, making someone miss in the hole, I think is maybe the most underrated characteristic of a of an elite running back. There, and you're playing the SEC, there are a lot of times where it's just hard to get movement against those kinds of defensive linemen. It's tough, especially when they know you want to run the football. So if you have a free runner and you can't make the guy miss, you're not going to be doing much, right? But if you can make that guy miss and you can pick up those invisible three or four yards that weren't there that you create on your own and you can keep your team ahead of the chains and on track, that's invaluable. And people don't talk about that as much. It's like, oh, he's out in space and he made this guy look look really bad. He made his, his pants drop around his ankles. Like, okay, fine. That's great. I love that. But can you make a miss in the hole? And he can do that. Love that about him. So I love Nate Frazier. I think he is the best running back in this class. Dwight Phillips is the other running back in this class. He's more of a... I don't love the term gadget player, but that's people use that term. He's a guy that you can use in a variety of ways. He has a lot of versatility. Yes, you can use him as a running back. Yes, you can hand the ball and he can run between the tackles. You remember people saying about James Cook? Oh, James Cook's a scat back. He'll never be able to run between the tackles. Uh, yeah, yeah, he could. And when he showed that, right? So I'm not going to say that Dwight Phillips can't do that, but Dwight Phillips, that's not that's not going to be like his best asset. He's a guy that will excel in space. Like He is extraordinarily fast. Probably the fastest guy in the... No, he is the fastest guy in this class. So you can use him on Jet Sweet. You can use him in the screen game, the RPO game. There's a variety of ways that you can use this guy. Um, but I, I think he's a really talented player. I just don't have him in my top 10. He, he's going to make big plays. Or he'll be a home run threat for us every time he touches the ball. He's that kind of guy. But I, I just don't see like, He's not going to be an every down type guy. Like He is going to be a guy that you're going to use situationally. So for that reason, I can't have him in the top 10. But I really like him. I'm high on him. I think he's going to be a good player for us. But I got Nate Frazier coming in at number seven. Then coming in at number seven... We've got cornerback DeMello Jones. Now, I know that Ellis Robinson takes up most of the oxygen when it comes to the talk about cornerbacks in this 2024 recruiting class, and for good reason. He's the number two ranked player in the entire country. I think there's a chance he'll be the best player in the entire recruiting class. We'll get to him in a minute. Another spoiler alert there. But let's not sleep on DeMello Jones, y'all. DeMello Jones can freaking play football. I don't know if any of you watched... Some of the state playoffs, you know, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, his team played in the in the uh, state championship game. Swainsboro, they lost. It wasn't a particularly close game. He played really well in that game. He had a, a pick six early in that game. This guy is a dynamic athlete. He's 6'1", 175 pounds. So not the biggest guy in the world, but a dynamic athlete. He, again, Swainsboro High School. He is ranked in the top 50 in the 247 composite, actually at exactly number 50. Now, they had him ranked as a safety. They have him listed as a safety. All right, now, I'm not saying he can't play safety. He can. He can. He plays some of that in high school. Yeah, sure. 
Uh, I think this guy's a cornerback all the way, and as far as I understand, my understanding is that's what we've recruited him as. But he does have some some of that positional versatility, which we do value in the secondary. You want to mix and match. You want to be able to mix and match and get your best five out there. So that does help him, give him a shot to make it on the field a little bit earlier. But I think he's a cornerback. That's where I would have him. But guys, this man is a fantastic athlete, okay? Uh, he is, I, I, w- I would venture to call him an elite athlete. I would. Now, not the biggest guy, but athleticism, I, I would venture to use the E word and go elite there. His fluidity is just gorgeous to watch. It's really gorgeous to watch this guy move. I, I know that sounds weird. Like, it's just, he's so fluid in everything he, st- he does. All his movements, has awesome ball skills, plays receiver. You can tell that uh, when he's out there playing in the defensive backfield. Yes, he had that pick six in the state championship game. But if you watch his tape, man, like, he's making great plays in the ball all, all over the place, man. I mean, and he's got really good body control, which is important. Because, you know, we've seen, you know, some former cornerbacks in the not-too-distant past that have had really good athleticism, but, like, they just are, they don't have the awareness, the body control, and they're just, like, they're trying to make a play on the ball, and they just, like, basically tackle uh, receivers. I mean, maybe it's part of them panicking, sure, all that. DeMello Jones, not only does he have great ball skills, but he can, like, control his body in the air in a way that allows him to avoid the contact and avoid the flag, which is huge. That's awesome. Need that. I also love the fact he's smaller, right? And not thick guy, 6'1", about 175, which, you know, maybe for corners, that's not that small. But he's a physical tackler and a willing tackler, which makes me believe that he's going to have a chance to get on the field maybe earlier than people realize because we know that Kirby Smart puts a premium on being able to tackle on the perimeter, play with physicality out there in the screen game, the run game. You've got to defend out there, and you got to be able to tackle, and you got to want to do it. I mean, I, I truly believe, I've said this many times, but I'll say it again, that's why Dalen Everett was playing over Julian Humphrey this year. He was just a better and more willing, more physical tackler than Julian Humphrey was. Because Humphrey was a better cover guy, in my opinion. But he just wasn't as big and wasn't as good of a tackler. And we put a premium on that. So I think that will help DeMello get on the field. And I just, again, I love I love him, man. I think he's an awesome athlete. Now, is he Ellis Robinson the fourth? No, I can't say that. Because, again, I think Ellis is the best player in this class, probably. But DeMello is awesome in his own right. So let's not sleep on this guy. I really, really, really like him. Okay, coming in number six. I don't really want to do this one because I know that this is going to be the one I'm going to get pushed back on. I know it. And it's probably deserving. It feels weird, very strange not having this guy into the, in the top five. I went into this blindly just thinking, oh yeah, he's going to be in the top five. But when I sat down to actually make this list, I had him ever so slightly outside of the top five. Now, you're going to think I'm crazy. And of course, you can make an argument for this guy to be inside the top five, and I would not fight you at all because he is an elite athlete and a big-time prospect, and he's going to be a very good player for us at the very least, if not an elite player for us. But coming to number six, don't hate me for this, I've got KJ Bolden. And this is not about me being down on KJ. Like, oh my God, you don't think he's a good player? No, I do. But when you have the number one clash, you've got a lot of really good players. When we get to number five here after the break, you could certainly make an argument to have him over the guy I'm going to have at number five. He is a better overall athlete. No question that guy who I don't want to reveal right now, but we'll get to him in a few minutes. So I I would not have an issue if you want to put him number five. I really wouldn't. We're splitting hairs here. KJ's awesome. He's a fantastic player. He's a huge flip for us late in this cycle. He has a chance to start as a true freshman. And again, at the very least, I think he's going to be a very good football player for us 
with a strong chance to be an elite football player for us with the athleticism that he brings to the table. Here's why he's not in my top five. And I, I again, this is not a criticism. It's just an observation. It's just a thought that I have when it comes to KJ. The only concern I really have about him, I'm not concerned at all about the athleticism. He is a truly elite athlete. Speed, quickness, elusiveness, change of direction, twitch, all those things you want in an athlete. He's got them. Explosiveness, he's got them. Got him in spades. No questions there whatsoever. The only question I really have is size, especially if he's playing defense, which is what we've recruited him to do. Now, I've always felt that KJ would be a dynamic athlete on the offensive side of the ball. Like, I would honestly prefer him to be on offense. Now, I don't think that's really what he wants to do, so you do what the guy wants to do, but I would like him more on offense. I think he is a game-changer offense. I think he's a game-changer defensively too, but, I mean, guys, can you imagine that dude with the ball in his hands? I mean, you see at the high school level. So I, I saw Buford play Clark Central here when they were in the same region. So two years ago, I think I mentioned this before. Um, yeah, this is when Isaiah Bond was still on the team. Isaiah Bond was a senior. And so he was the big recruit, right? Big recruit, ends up going to Alabama, now transferred to Texas. But I watched that game in Billy Henderson Stadium here in Athens. And I walked away from that game saying like, this sophomore, this guy, KJ Bolden, that's that's the dude. Like he's he's the one. Like yeah, sure, Isaiah Bond, fantastic, awesome. But KJ Bolden, that that's the guy right there. Like that's a guy that we can't miss on when when he becomes a senior. And we almost did. Fortunately, we we did not. But I'm really high on him. I've seen this guy play live a couple of different times. Obviously, seen his highlights. I know what this guy's about. I'm just telling you, he's dynamic. He's dynamite with the ball in his hands offensively. So I would love to see him there, but that's not what's going to happen. He's going to play defense, maybe we'll get some touches here in their offense, but probably not also. So that's my concern. Defensively, I think the size matters a little bit more because you are going to, especially at safety, you're going to be you're going to be hitting people. You're going to be tackling people. You're going to have run fits at times. Now, the one thing about KJ is that he's, he's not a big dude, but he will hit you. He will hit you. I'm not going to say he won't, but hitting someone at the high school level, even though it's, it's 7A football in the state of Georgia, which is high, high-level football, it's not hitting someone in the SEC, okay? Those those are different things. I mean, he's, what, six foot, six one, depending on what recruiting service you look at, about 185 pounds. Now, you look at Javon Buller. Javon wasn't much, but I mean, Javon, Javon was shorter. He's like, what, 5'10", 5'11", but he's about 200 pounds. Now, maybe KJ can get there. I'm sure he can. I mean, I'm sure that wouldn't be a problem in the college strength program, but I, I just, I don't know. I need to see that first, okay? Because if he doesn't get much bigger, if he's playing at 185, he's trying to play safety at 185 in the SEC, I'm not saying you can't do it. I mean, there's been guys who've done it, but... It, it, it leaves a question in my mind, at least like some small question. Again, I, I think at the very least, this will be gr- very good for us. But I, I have a question about can he be elite at that size? Yeah, I think probably, but I, I still have a question about that. And again, yes, there's a very good chance he won't be playing at that size. It, it's more likely than not that he will add weight and get to 195, 200 pounds. But I just, I just don't know that right now. So that that's the only holdup I've got there. And again, I'm, I'm like almost embarrassed to have him where I have him here at at number six. It it doesn't seem to make sense. It doesn't even seem to feel right. But, I mean, when when I reveal the guys in the top five, I mean, tell me who you're going to leave out. I mean, again, the guy at number five, I can see the argument. I get it. I get it. But I'll I'll make my case for having him at number five here momentarily. And uh, last thing I'll say here on KJ, as I said earlier, this is not a shot at KJ. This is not me being down on him. I think the guy is freaking crazy good and really athletic. I've seen this guy, again, play multiple, multiple times, and he's going to be great. He's going to be really, really, really good. I just 
think that we have a lot of really, really, really awesome players in this class when you have the number one class. So someone had to be number six. Someone had to be barely left out of the top five and controversially so. And that someone today is going to be KJ Bolden. Okay, guys, that's number six through 10. When we get back from this final break, I'm going to reveal the top five players, my personal top five players in this 2024 Georgia recruiting class. But first, I do want to remind you about our great friends at Alumni Hall. I hope you guys saw this yesterday. I tried to tweet this out, put this out on social media, but Alumni Hall did one of their great flash sales. They had a Valentine's Day flash sale. So I got something for my wife, even though, you know, she doesn't really celebrate Valentine's Day. It's a whole thing. She doesn't do it. But you know what? I still feel like, you know, let's let's show some love. Yeah, show love all year long, of course. But when Alumni Hall is offering you a 20% deal, 20% off deal for Valentine's Day, well, yeah, you take it. And not only can you get your spouse something, you can also get yourself a little something too. So I hope you guys took advantage of that. But if you didn't, no worries. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at glory underscore UGA because they offer flash sales all the time. And I'm always trying to make you guys aware of that. You can also sign up for their email list. Just go to alumnihall.com and they have all the best gear, guys. The best Georgia stuff you're going to find anywhere. Whatever you want, trust me, they've got it. Brands, styles, anything, they've got you guys covered. And they have the best customer service to top it off. So stop in today inside the Epps British Shopping Center here in the Classic City or online at alumnihall.com because Alumni Hall is where the Bulldogs shop. All right, guys, let's get inside the top five here. Coming in at number five, and I might have him criminally low on this list. I might very well regret this, you know, three, four years down the road. But right now, I'm going to go with quarterback Ryan Puglisi at number five. I think there is a world where Ryan Puglisi could be maybe even number one on this list. I'm not ready to go there right now because I do think there are some players ahead of him in terms of just pure athletic ability. So that's why he's not higher. And he is a little raw coming out of, out of high school. Now, I do think he really polished his game this year, became a much more polished quarterback. And I said not to say that he wasn't earlier, but he's, you know, Avon Old Farms, he only, he's only been there for a couple of years, which is a, a much higher level school in Connecticut, got much better coaching. And you can see the change that's taken place. His game has really elevated uh, over the past couple of years, especially this year in his senior year. Senior tape is fantastic. You guys know how I feel about this guy, all right? I have made no secret about how high I am on him, and how much I love what he brings to the table. So let's just recap it real quick for you. So let's start with the physical stuff. He's got the physical tools, y'all. He can make every throw on the field. I believe he has a better arm than Dylan Raiola, and no, that is not sour grapes. I think Dylan's a good football player, right? Good football player. Let's not make this about him. But I think that Ryan Pluglisi is an extremely physically gifted guy. His arm is live. There's every throw in the field that man can make. You want to make the deep out from the far hash? Yeah, he can make that throw and then some. And he has very good mobility. Now, is he Jaden Daniels level mobility? No, he's not that, but like, who is? Who <laughs> Really, who is that? But he is a very good athlete. You can do like, not even just like scramble stuff like Carson was able to do for us this year. You can do design quarterback run game stuff with him. Like he is that good of an athlete. And he's also got good size. He's got a good frame. He's can take a shot and hopefully doesn't take many shots, but that's one of the reasons I feel comfortable using him in a design QB run game. Like we could have used Stetson a lot more in the design QB run game, but Stetson is small. Stetson could have gotten murdered. That's not gonna happen with Pluglissi. He's a bigger guy. He can take a he can take a hit. But that's not what we're gonna use him as primarily. He is gonna be a guy that we're gonna use in the drop back pass game. And I, I love the physical tools. Okay. Again, accuracy seems very, very strong. 
arm, incredible, athleticism, awesome, okay? Physical stuff off the charts. But what I love most about this guy is what he's got going on above the shoulders. This guy is the personification of what you want in a quarterback. He is the personification of what we want in the Georgia football program. He is a culture guy. And when you, he's the kind of guy, when you have a, a player that has potential to be one of the best players on your team, the one more talented players and plays the most important position on the team, he's also one of your hardest workers and best leaders. That's when you know you got something special. And that's why I told you guys, like when Dylan Raiola committed to Nebraska and did the whole flip thing, I could not have cared less. Whatever. A big fat yawn for me. And I know that sounds crazy. You're talking about a five-star guy who's high, as highly rated as Dylan is. And, you know, best of luck to you, man. Fine. Do your thing. Whatever. But I did not bat an eye because I know what we have in Ryan Poliglisi. I know what we have in terms of his physical, physical ability. But you match that with what this guy has between the ears and you are going to have greatness. Okay. I, I, know that I am getting out over my skis here because we haven't seen this guy take a college snap. But everything that I have heard about this guy from anyone that I know around our program and also hear what his, what his coaches say about him, what, what recruiting analysts say about him when they've actually had time to sit down and talk with this kid, he is one of those dudes, okay? I don't use the name Brock Bowers and Nick Chubb lightly, okay? But he is one of those kinds of guys who is just about the team. He's going to put his head down. He's going to go to work, right? And we know this about him. He was committed for Dylan Raiola. And Dylan comes, you know, big five-star number one quarterback in the country. Here I come. And what did Puglisi do? He said, oh, shoulder shrug, whatever. I'm not changing my path. I want to go to Georgia. I'm confident in who I am. I'm going to go to work, and we're going to see what's going to happen. That is what I'm talking about, guys. He's not a prima donna. Okay, all right, this guy, you took this guy. I'm offended now. You hurt my feelings. I'm going to go somewhere else. No, mm -mm, that's not what this guy is. And I'm going to tell you right now, I know he hasn't really gone through like a full, I mean, he was here for bowl practice, but hasn't gone through like a full like practice, spring practice kind of thing yet. But the word I am getting is that this guy is already like making it known who he is, like in terms of like his work ethic, living in the facility, watching tape, grinding, doing anything, everything he can to try to learn. And we haven't even gotten to practice yet, all right? That just backs up. It goes, it goes along. Now, I'm hearing this from people, right? So like, oh, is it true? I don't know if it's true or not, but it just, it backs up and aligns with everything we've ever heard about this guy. So I am far more apt to believe it. So yeah, you you can tell I, I love this guy, right? You know, and I could be wrong, right? I could be wrong, but I just don't think I'm going to be. I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be. Like these are the kind of guys. Like I, I hate the term "can't miss," but he's the kind of guy that is almost is like a can't miss because he's talented and he's got it in the head, guys. Like he is, he is that kind of guy. He's a character guy. He is a culture guy for our program. So it's not a matter of. Of, is he going to be good? He's going to be good. The only question I have that I think is fair is how good will he be? What is the ceiling? That remains to be seen, but I, I at the very least think he is going to be a very good quarterback for us with the potential to be an all-timer for us. I know that's crazy. I'm not saying, I can't say he's going to be an all-timer. I'm just saying he, he's got the makeup, okay? You got to go do it. You got to go do it, but he's got the makeup. So, yeah, and, and saying like all that, you're like, and he's number five on your list. I know that's crazy, right? But in terms of athleticism and, and just like God-given ability, there are some guys I think have more on the team. So that's why he's not higher, but he had to at least be in the top five. And again, I, I'm kind of embarrassed. I mean, I'm, I'm waxing put up at this guy. I got him at number five. So he could very well and probably will end up higher on this list. But for now, we got him at number five. All right, coming in at number four, a player who doesn't play nearly as important of a position on our team, but man, like talk about like 
God, the, the, the sky is the limit for this guy. He hasn't been playing football all that long. And maybe I should tell you who I'm talking about. Joseph Jonah Ajanye from Texas. Okay, now this guy, he's a five tech for us, but dear God, he is oozing with God-given ability. He's a Nigerian player, one of a couple of Nigerian players, Namdi Aboko, another Nigerian, the Nigerian nightmare, Namdi Aboko. But Joseph Jonah Ajanye is new to football. Like he's been playing, I think like three, four years now, I think high school is when he started playing football. And he is just a freaking dude when it comes to like his athleticism. It's off the charts. Like it's hard to even accurately put into words to give the the impression of what this guy really is from, from an athleticism standpoint. He is explosive. He is big. He is powerful. He is athletic. He is quick. He is all of those things. It would not shock me if this guy was playing serious snaps for us as a true freshman, like legitimate snaps at the five tech, especially with Michael Williams moving over. I mean, we got clearly we got Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, got TID, and Gabe Harrison to play some five tech. But man, Joseph Jonah Jonye, if he can fit, pick up the system, he's here as an early enrollee, so maybe gives him a better chance to do that. Athletically, I don't know if there's a better five tech guy on the team from an athleticism standpoint. Now he's got to learn how to play the position, and that who knows how long that's going to take. So that's why I always I'm hesitant to say, "Oh, this guy is going to be a starter." I don't I don't know. You got to see how how are they going to learn? You know, athletically, yeah, he's there, but you know, you got to learn learn the system and you know, earn the coach's trust. So I don't know how that's going to go. But for everything I hear about him, he's one of those guys that's just a really mature young man. And you, listen to him in interviews; he sounds like a, a mature young man. It kind of backs up what you hear about him. So I, I am sky high on Joseph Jonah Ajanye. I mean, he probably could be higher on this list too. One of the reasons I don't have him higher is that it's not a glamour position on our defense. And we know that Trayvon Walker played that spot and ended up with the number one draft pick. So I'm not saying that you can't be, but that's, that's been the exception. But I think he's got Trayvon Walker caliber talent. Now, Trayvon played a lot longer. It was more polished, yes. But in terms of pure athleticism, I mean, he's not far off, man. He's really not, in my opinion. I think this guy is a dynamic athlete on the defensive line. Now, he is a five-tech guy. I mean, can he play a little three-tech situationally? Yeah. Like, on passing downs, you can slide him inside, which we've done in the past with some of those guys. We've, we did it with Michael. We did it with, with, with Trayvon. We did it with those guys. So, yeah, I think Joseph can do that. He can give some pass rush, some really dynamic pass rush from that position as well. But he's also big enough and strong enough to be able to defend against the run. Because when you look at his frame, I mean... This guy's thick, man. I mean, he's 6'4", 275. That's prototype 5 text size for us, but with off-the-freaking-charts athleticism. And I, I think he's a five-star guy. Now, some service, some recruiting services had him as a five-star. Some did not. He ended up in the 247 composite. He didn't end up as a five-star, uh, as the number 25 player in the country. Now, 247 themselves only had him at number 56. I think on three had him as a five-star. So that helped him out there. But I mean, God, I mean, if you haven't watched the tape, guys, I, I'm trying to explain it, but just watch the tape. I and mean, this guy is freakish, man. Truly freakish. But speaking of freakish athletes on the defensive side of the ball, coming in at number three, I've got linebacker Chris Cole out of Virginia. One of the two linebackers that we got from the state of Virginia along with Chris Jones. Dear God, this guy is so physically gifted. He's a, an interesting prospect. I've said before he reminds me a lot of Quay Walker. And I, I'm going to stand by that. Uh, I, and the reason I say that is like he's not played a lot of true inside linebacker in his career. He, really this year was the first time he played like full-time inside linebacker. He was a safety um, but he has put on some good weight. Um, he had the frame to be that. 
And he's still like 6'3", about 210. So he needs to put on about 10, 15 more pounds, which in his frame he's going to be able to. Now he's bulked up. from his. If you watch his tape from his junior to his senior year, he's had a lot of good weight. And, but he needs to continue with that, and he will. He will. Now he's here early in Roley. And as part of our stream program, I fully, I have no doubt he'll, he'll be 220 by the time, at least 220 by the time we roll into a fall camp, probably 225. He could, he could hold 230, 235 easily and not lose much speed. But, that, the, but the athleticism is what separates him. Like he has the athleticism to play safety. Now he's playing linebacker. Even for his high school, you know, you know sometimes your best athlete on some of these teams, they'll play both ways. But not only is he playing both ways, he's playing receiver, guys. And he, and he plays it very, very well. He is an off-the-charts athlete, okay? Like, long strider, very long legs. He's almost all legs. But he is just an unbelievable athlete at that position. Like, we're talking about silent sideline player? Oh, yeah. That's, that's what this guy is. He's not higher than another inside linebacker who, spoiler alert, is going to come in at number two because he's not as polished. He's new to that position. He really is. And that's why I say Quay Walker's Quay was not polished as an inside linebacker. It took him some time to learn that position, but his ceiling was always... Like, we all love Nicobe Dean. love the guy. But Quay's ceiling was always far higher. And I mean, coming into the 2021 season, I mean, I know it's been a couple of years, but I was saying, I got, I got some pushback on this because I was saying this summer, I was like... Quay is going to be a higher draft pick than Nicobe. I love Nicobe, and he's the leader on the team for sure. But in terms of like pro potential, it's Quay Walker all day. And yeah, I mean, it worked out that way. But I mean, I, I, I'm not the only one who thought, I, I don't understand why I got pushed back on that. But I did. I did. And it's whatever. You know, Quay was just an unbelievable athlete. And that's what I see in, uh, in, in Chris Cole. He will take, it'll take him a year or two. He's not really going to be a contributor this year, I don't think. But he uh, put on some really good weight, had a really good performance at the Under Armour All-American, not just the game, but the, the, the week of practices as well. So he's going to be an awesome, awesome player, and I am very, very high on him. I think he's going to be one of the next great Georgia linebackers. We're loaded, man. It's going to be so hard. Like, who, who's on the field, man? Because we've got so many good dudes. But speaking of inside linebacker, coming in number two, I've got... Inside linebacker, Justin Williams. And this is where we're getting, it's like chalk, right? I mean, these guys are very, they're the highest rated guys in our class. And, you know, I I hate to do the chalky thing, but I'm being honest with you guys. This is where I think these guys are rated. So Justin Williams is the number one linebacker in the entire country. He is a five-star prospect. He is a true, legit five-star prospect. He came in at number five in the 247 composite when it was all said and done. And that's what he is. He's, he's a top five prospect, in my opinion, like hundred percent, hundred percent top five prospect. When we lost to Marcus Riddick back in the, back in the summer. People are like, oh my God, Auburn, God, they flipped him. Oh my God, what's happening? Oh, and we just go to the number one linebacker in the country. So yeah, he's also from Texas, Oak Ridge. He's the, goes to the same high school as Joseph Jonah Ajanye. Now he's a little undersized. He's 6'2". He's like 205 right now. He needs to add some weight too. He's got to play it 220 at least, which I think is fine. He's going he's gonna to be able to do that. He's he's here in the program as well. Now, he's another guy. Talking about like Ryan Pluglisic, a culture guy, a program guy. That's what Justin Williams is too. Everything I've heard about this guy is he's just that kind of guy. Uh, he is one of those guys, a leader, you know, hard worker, puts his head down, takes coaching. Uh, like I said earlier, when you have as much talent as Justin Williams does, and he is just overflowing of physical ability. When you have that and you have the work ethic and you have the character this guy has, that's when you have greatness. All right, that's I, I have zero doubt that this guy is going to be a. a I'm gonna say all American. He's gonna be an all American for us. Okay, I'm just gonna say I was gonna say all SEC because I you know you wanna you wanna hedge your bets here a little bit. No, I'm just gonna say he's gonna be an all American for us. All right, you know you know I'm an old inside linebacker guy. I love these guys. It's my favorite position, and Justin Williams is as good, if not better, than any inside linebacker that we have recruited under Kirby Smart. And if you know the lineage, okay, you know those guys. And I'm telling you, he's as good as any of them, all right, in terms of like coming out of high school as a prospect. He is that 
good. Like Roquan was, we know what Roquan is now and what Roquan turned into. In terms of high school prospects, what they were in high school, Justin Williams is the superior high school prospect. Now, will he be what Roquan became? I, I can't say that. I mean, we're talking about an all-timer here. Maybe, though. I'm not. It's not impossible. He's got the, the ability. Uh, and he has, seems like he's got the work ethic, too. But I'm telling you guys, out of high school, I don't know if we've had a better one we recruited out of high school. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, he's, he's so explosive. He's so explosive. He's twitchy. He's twitchy at inside linebacker. Another side-on-the-sideline type guy. Also, really good filling against the run between the tackles, just like Chris Cole. I think right now he's more polished. He is. I don't think. I know. He is more polished than Chris Cole. I think he might be a, a slightly better, uh, let me say this, a more explosive athlete. Better athlete? I I don't know. I mean, there's so many parts of what makes you an athlete, but explosiveness, I would give Williams the edge right now. Uh, I think he's just a, a freaking star, a star in the making. And it would not shock me if he was in the rotation this year, which is going to be hard because we are loaded, especially with Smile coming back. And you got Raylan Wilson, you got CJ Allen, those guys are going to play. You got Jalen Walker. So I, I don't know, man. Like, we're so loaded at that spot. I don't know how you find time for all these guys. All these guys probably deserve to play. I don't know how it's going to happen, man. I really don't know. But we are in really good hands at the inside linebacker position. There is no team in the United States of America that has anything close to the inside linebacker room that we have. I think it's the most talented position on the team, and I, I, don't, I don't know who can even touch it when it comes to the, that position group in the country. I really don't know. But Justin Williams, freaking stud. He is number two on my list. I think all-American caliber guy. I think, I'm talking first-round draft pick type guy. And then finally, coming to number one, yeah, I, mean, I teased it. You know who it is. It's cornerback Ellis Robinson the fourth, the number two overall player in the country. I think he's the best player in the country. I know Jeremiah Smith got that nod. The receiver went to Ohio State, and he's awesome. But when these guys matched up in seven-on-seven seven, back at the Elite 11 camp, Ellis Robinson shut that dude down. All right, now I know I know it's not actual football. I, I understand that, but usually those those settings actually favor receivers. And Ellis Robinson shut this guy down. All right, Ellis Robinson is an alpha cornerback. I say it all the time. I don't know if you're allowed to be a shutdown corner anymore. I don't know if those guys are allowed to exist. I think they're like endangered species now. But if, if there is one still existing. Coming out of the high school ranks, it is Ellis Robinson the fourth. This guy is an elite athlete. He's got incredible hips. He's a very, very fluid athlete. Outstanding ball skills. Awesome length. Everything you're looking for in a cornerback. He's another one of those guys that as talented as he is, his reputation is that he is not one of those diva guys. He's another guy. Quiet, come to work, put my head down, and we're going to make this happen. Work ethic, all of those things. Just watch this tape, guys. Turn the tape on. You'll see what I'm talking about. I mean, it speaks for itself. This guy is, again, in my opinion, probably the best player in this class. I think he will make a push for playing time this year. I don't know if he's going to start because, you know, we got Julian Humphrey, got Daniel Harris, obviously Dalen Everett League. We got some guys, man, but he's going to have an opportunity. It depends on how, how quickly he picks up the system and how much he earns the coach's trust. That's what it's going to come down to. But he is a freak out there, man. Like, he's just an unbelievable cornerback talent. Talk about first-round draft picks. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. He will be an All-American I don't know if he'll start this year. Uh, I, I, we might have a situation this year at cornerback where we might be rotating guys. Like we started a little bit at times last year with, with Humphrey and Everett. With the talent we got, that spot, we, it might be what we have to do to kind of keep some of these guys on the roster and not transferring out. Like it, it really might be what we have to do because these guys are all too talented to not play. If they don't play, they're going to transfer. We, we, we saw we had to talk both Julian Humphrey and Daniel Harris into staying. And if they don't play this year, they're out the door. And a guy as talented as Ellis Robinson, if he's on the bench, 
as good as he is, he's probably going to be out the door. And, you know, you can't blame him. These guys want to play. I get it. So I don't know, man. We might have to go with a rotation because all these guys are, deserve to play. But it's going to be really hard, y'all, to keep Ellis Robinson the fourth off the field. I am that high on this guy as a true freshman. You know, I, I always say, like, getting something from a true freshman – like them starting, contributing like that, that's a luxury. You can't count on it. And I'm not counting on we don't. We're not in a position as a program where we have to count on him to start. But it, it's just hard. I'm hard-pressed to say that he's not going to be able to find a way to play this year, man. He's just he's just that good. But all right, guys, that's all. That's our list there. Uh, a few honorable mentions here. I really wanted to make room for Nitro Tuggle. I really like him at receiver. I think he's like, with the ball in his hands, he's a dynamic guy with, with the ball in his hands in space. I mean, he's just, he's super twitchy, super elusive in space. Got good speed. Like, it's hard to watch. Like, he has better speed. He's one of those guys, like, playing in Indiana, the grass, when you watch the tape, the grass is like old school, like Notre Dame level grass, like high grass. So you can't run as fast, right? When he got, when he's playing on turf, which he did a couple in a couple of his games, he seems to be moving a lot faster. So that was my one question with him. It's like, does he have like really good top end speed. I don't know, but it's the grass is like, I know that sounds crazy, but it's kind of a factor there. But I, I really think he's going to be a good football player for us. Uh, I do like his, I love his junior tape. I love his senior tape. Elusive can high point the football, really good, uh, contested catch guy, really good catch race, all those things. I had a hard time keeping him out of my top 10. In fact, I was like, God, I feel bad about this. Like he, I think he's like a top 10 caliber guy. He'd probably be number 11 for me. I also love Jaden Riddell. Uh, this is a guy that I think is, kind of the happy medium tight end. I think he has the ability to be like the receiving mover tight end. I think he's also big and strong. He's a big dude, okay? I saw him around downtown. Big guy, okay? And he can absolutely play like the the Darnell Washington, Oscar Delp role, like the inline tight end role. But I think he's got more athleticism than just like that, like that the guy that plays that role. And I mean, Oscar did too. But So I'm very curious to see where he lands because I think he can do both of those things and do them very, very well. I mean, he's got elite ball skills, really good speed. I mean, he's got fantastic receiving skills, but he's also a big, strong guy that I think can play an inline tight end. So I wanted him to be my top 10. Actually, I went in this thing. He was going to be my top 10. And as I went through things again, I was like, I don't, I don't know, man. I got to have these other guys up there. So he's another guy I think could very well end up there. So a couple, of honorable, a couple of honorable mentions there, but I appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning in today. I will be back one more time this week with our UJ Hoops Report, so make sure to check back in Thursday night, Friday morning, and I'll have that guy, I'll have that load up for you guys. So have a great rest of your week. I'm Tyler, and as always, go dogs.